Friends, what we just heard isn't merely a story. It can't just be a story that we hear at this time of year every year. These are the saving events that set our souls free. And we all need a Savior, every one of us. And these events, we don't just remember as if they were locked in the past a long time ago. No, when we pray these passages, we bring the events into this time because the saving events are for all people, for all times. Did they happen in Jerusalem 2,000 plus years ago? Yes, they did. But they are not locked in human history because at the center of the story is God himself, Jesus Christ. And God is not bound by time. And the events that he enacted, the realities he lived, they spring both forward and backward. They spring forward for every human heart that existed since the first Paschal mystery the first Holy Week, and they go back to the very beginning, to Adam and to Eve, and everyone who came after them until the time of Jesus. And so, my friends, this can't be a story. We have to find ourselves in these events because they're real. They're more real than anything that occupies your week this week any school, any situation at home. The saving events that we celebrate this Holy Week are more real than all those things. And they make all those things different. Because Jesus' love for us changes everything. It touches everything. There's nothing that's left untouched by the events of this week. Jesus goes and finds us. He goes into the very depths of human brokenness, of wickedness, all the things that we just heard in the Passion narrative. He goes there out of love for us to change things with his grace and his goodness, with his humility that is so different than the world with his love, which knows no limits. St. John, when he recounts the story of Christ's salvation, he says at the beginning, having loved those who were his own in the world, he loved them to the end, ad finis, to the end, to the extreme. See, his love is extreme for you and for me. He goes where we hide and where we run and where we think we can find escape from him because we're sinners and we don't trust him and we're rebels. But he goes and finds us and he forgives. Father, forgive. They know not what they do. He goes against his own human inclinations 
Father, if it's your will, let this cup pass me by. But not my will, but yours be done. Of course Jesus was afraid. Of course he was. To bear all the sins of humanity, to enter into the deepest dysfunction and darkness that the human heart can spring forth, to do it for all people for all times, just him alone, of course he was afraid. And yet in the midst of that fear, he stepped forward, not unafraid. He stepped forward with courage to give all of us courage when we're afraid to do God's will. He gives his life. He does so much for us. He does everything for us. Here's one thing he did not do. In this gospel from Luke, the passion narrative, three times Jesus is tempted when he's on the cross. If you're the Christ, the Son of God, save yourself. Save yourself. He would not do that. He would not save himself. But rather, he would spend himself. He would give everything. And that's not locked in human history in the far distant past. That's right here and right now, that kind of love for every one of us. He would not save himself to separate himself from what it costs to save my soul and from what it costs to save your soul. And it cost, it cost more than we could ever imagine. It cost our Lord. And so we pray at the beginning of this Holy Week for a grace. We need a grace to enter into this week so that it doesn't just stay a story, but rather it changes our history. All of our sins, all of our past, all the brokenness that we bear, all the fears we have, all the hesitation, all the unwillingness to believe, all the ways we want to cling to our own lives and stay in control, all those things are changed because he would not save himself from the cost. And what a great gift. You know, his love is on full display this week. It's an unconditional love. Unconditional. It's offered to everyone. But also this. He gives unconditional hope. He has an unconditional hope for us. Do you believe that? That God has unconditional love, but he also has unconditional hope for every one of us. In all our struggles, in all our hesitancy to believe, in all the ways we're timid in faith, in all the ways we hold back, in all the ways we prefer sin to his grace, God has hope. It's unconditional. Someone who has hope doesn't give up. Someone who has hope perseveres. And that's Jesus. When he looks upon me and he looks upon you, of course he sees all our failings. Of course he sees all our frailties. Of course he sees the ways in which we hold back 
and say, oh, I've given you enough. I come to church. It's enough. Of course, he sees all of it. All the things we hide from other people. He sees all of it. But he doesn't condemn. He has so much hope for us that everything in our lives, every slavery to sin, every broken thought, every tendency toward despair, all our anxieties and fears, all of it, he can heal. If we but let him. My friends, I beg you, let the Lord save you. Let him break into your heart. Let him break the chains of sin. Let him cast out the fears. Let him do it. Because he has. From the cross, he says, it's finished. It's complete. His love is strong enough. And he hopes against hope to give that to you this week, not down the road, this week. What a God we have. What a king, what a savior. My friends, let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be your king. As St. Paul says, let every knee bend and every tongue confess that he is Lord. May he be your Lord this week and forever. Amen.